Hello, I'm Will Stein and welcome to Geography Island Jams. This podcast is in the same style as the BBC Radio 4 Desert Island Disc series, whereby each episode I ask my interviewee what eight songs, book and luxury item they would want to take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. For rights reasons, the music has not been included in the podcast. You can find links to the eight songs on the LSE Geography and Environment website. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Geography Island Jams. With me today is Unji Scarlet Park. Hello, hi. <laughs> wow. So Scarlet is currently doing her master's in environment and development at the LSE. Before coming to the LSE, Scarlett did her bachelor's in international relations and double majored in international development cooperation at the Ihua Women's University based in Seoul, Republic of Korea. To say Scarlett is well-traveled is an understatement. To start, she was born in Korea and grew up between the United States and Vietnam. However, she has also lived, studied and worked in many other countries, including the Netherlands, Switzerland, Myanmar, Uzbekistan, Philippines, and Belgium. Included in the countries I've just mentioned, Scarlett has been to 47 countries throughout her life. Finally, some fun facts about Scarlett. She has met the former UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. She wrote her LSE application whilst backpacking around Peru. And she's also a big techno fan ever since attending the Tomorrowland Festival in 2019. So welcome, Scarlett. Woo! Okay, you summed it up really well. <laughs> yeah, no, I try, you know, I suppose I'm getting better as time goes on. <laughs> wow, well, that's perfect. I, I think people know already who I am. <laughs> uh, no, there's yeah. so much more. I don't even know where to begin, but... Um, I got flashbacks of my life. Okay. <laughs> yes, first I wanted to ask about you writing your LSE application whilst backpacking. Like, to me, that just seems crazy. I remember spending weeks trying to perfect that personal statement, but the thought of doing it whilst busting around Peru, you know, how did you manage it? What was your, how comes that you ended up doing it whilst backpacking? I thought it was the perfect motivation to um, base myself in a developing country and see um, rundown infrastructure, um, also see what kind of things I can improve for um, that country whilst writing this application, which is um, for the environment and development program mm. and uh, whilst doing it uh, I could also think outside of the box and also um, gather some motivations on why I wanted to take part in the development field in the first place so it, w- it was much better than sitting in front of a table and um, writing countless applications but rather I just wanted to really enjoy that moment and I really did Personally, uh, at some points I was riding in the airport or while I was in the, um, while I was was almost about to miss a flight. So there were a lot of crazy moments in between. But um, in the end, I got my placement. So yay, it worked out for the best. (laughs) Wow. But uh, yeah, yeah, clearly, you know, here you are today. Can we kick off with the music? Can you tell me the first song you're going to be taking with you? Okay. um, Well... The first song I will take is uh, Kofi Nomad, and it's a, it's a song I put in because all our family live apart, but we are very well connected. Well, for instance, my dad lives in the Philippines, and he's the chief finance officer of um, LG Electronics in Manila, and um, he's been moving around a lot, and I've been following him um, since year seven, 
And uh, my mom is a teacher and she's living in Korea. And my brother just got out of the army. So he's also accompanying my mom right now. And here I'm in London. So um, yeah, we were always contacting each other pretty well. Um, I told you I have a Frida Kahlo tattoo. I made it, I put it in my arm for my dad because he was the one who introduced me to Mexican art and Mexican influences. Um, I truly honored that. And when I visited Mexico uh, two years ago, I went to the Frida Kahlo Museum in Coyoacan and I told him much later because he didn't know I was traveling <laughs> at that time. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a great moment. My next few questions about experiences in London and the LSE. So um, you've been at LSE since September 2019. Do you have any favorite experience or moments through your time at LSE so far? Well, um, my, I think it's it's been a crazy year and it's also been really exciting. I met really great people. I'm so thankful for that. Um, and on the first week, immediately, I already felt like I'll be really adhered to this um, community. Uh, so when I recall going to this geography and environment gather, department gathering, and on that day, I told my academic advisor, um, Charles Palmer, that I'll be an ambitious student, like going for a PhD degree after, immediately after my master's finished. And um, he told me, wow, you're very hardworking and I hope you do the best like in academic terms, like you must get like a distinction. Like he was giving me all these, um, you know, tips and appraisals. And then on that day, uh, I met some friends and we were talking about techno and we were talking about Peggy Goo and because she's Korean and I'm Korean. <laughs> and then um, at the hype of the moment, one of my friends were like, hey, like if you want to continue talking, like you need another alcohol in your hand, like you need two glasses like show some commitment and then um yeah so i i was walking towards the the bar where they served the drinks and i just cut in line and i was like can i have another wine please and there was like charles palmer right behind me and i just intercepted like his turn and i couldn't really say anything it was so funny i was like holding two drinks i was just like staring at him and he was like kids these days like <laughs> Oh my goodness. So up for my PhD. Like now I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> you've got to make you've got to make the most of the free wine at the geography. Yeah, I probably. feel you you haven't had the true LSE experience, especially LSE geography <laughs> and environment experience if you've not really utilized the free wine at all the departmental <laughs> events. Yes. And uh, I believe I'm right in thinking that you know you've made a fair use of the London nightlife. Uh -huh. Do you have any favorite nights out or experiences like that in clubs and stuff you know obviously okay. pre-corona but <laughs> oh yes um well uh, two two nights come into mind um i went to see Mulgrab. uh he's a australian dj and he's crazy i also saw him in belgium once uh during my internship um i went with friends those are the friends that i met on my first week of lse and i still see them till this day so it's really great that i have this connection uh, so i went to see mall grab in a place in, in shortage and then also after the geography ball that we had in february me and this girl called sarah like we <laughs> went to see um mind against and chiasmus and they were really they were so awesome um it's very different seeing um, these producers and DJs like in front of your eyes rather than just mm -hmm. hearing the music from your speakers. That's a very big distinction. 
And yes, a lot of great uh, artists coming to London. I really appreciate it. Can you tell me about the second song you're going to be taking with you? The second song, okay. Um, there's a song called Sacrifice. Um, and it's a Berlin techno song. Um, I got inspired by techno. I got, I really just, I just fell in love with techno um, after I came back from Tomorrowland in 2019. Um, so I fell in love with techno. I went to Berlin a week after to have a better understanding of this music. And I guess that's why I travel normally because I have to see things for myself, um, learning the culture, the history, and also kind of understanding um, why there's such a diverse background um, and how people are just flowing with the music whenever they're in a techno club. Um, I had to see that for myself. And after that, I just, it was inseparable for me to not listen to techno. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, so it's a great representation of my musical interests. And I really wish um, a lot of people can hear this music. <laughs> Just to enjoy the vibe. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you mentioned um, there that you went to the Tomorrowland Festival in 2019. So you, am I right in thinking you had no experience of techno music before this? Uh, no, I wasn't really interested. Um, actually, I was in a DJ student club i did like seven student clubs when i was in um my undergrad year what do you uh, mean you did them sorry you ran them uh no i i was some i was like in like uh board positions but like i also just took part in as many experiences as possible so um i was part of a dj student club i also did a hip-hop dance crew wow. um yeah and um we also did party planning event management i also did um english debate um we won some rounds for that also uh, for politics and flower potting <laughs> and definitely traveling so it was a wide range of things that basically um shows my interests and yeah uh before that i listened to hip-hop or mostly trap or hip um step something something still definitely hardcore <laughs> and then following your Tomorrowland experience uh you previously told me that you flew to berlin and attended a techno festival so not only was this three days before you went to style se but you also went on your own <laughs> so how did you end up how did this happen how did you go to a festival not only just before uni but as a as a lone wolf well, um, actually it was in Dusseldorf and um, obviously I'd never been to this city before. I was complete, it, I was a complete uh, stranger um, and I don't know how I did this, but I was very scared in the beginning because I don't think I ever went to a festival by myself, but um, Tomorrowland prepared me well and my curiosity has once again triggered me to kind of you know, become brave and bold and, you know, let's try out this experience for the fun. And um, I took a cab because I lost myself like so many times. I, I guess I was really nervous. And um, the moment I got off the cab, I met these Colombian girls and they were like, hey, like, are you interested in techno? Like, who are you here to see? And they were, everybody was amazed that I'm here alone, but I made a lot of friends and 
um, when I saw Peggy Goo, there was also this Korean guy behind me, and we were like, the, me, Peggy Goo, and that guy, we were the only three Koreans there. <laughs> and just, uh, it was really incredible to see such a um, thick fan base of people. Uh, eventually at 6 uh, a.m. I left the place and I had, um, my phone was about to die. I barely found the, the hotel that I was um, going to crash in. And they, it turned out to tell me that I had to check in around 10 a.m. So I had to wait four hours. So I was eating breakfast and then my face just smashed into the table and I fell asleep. And later the lady came and the receptionist came and she gave me a pillow and she said, you know, at least have this. And <laughs> oh my goodness. yeah. And then two days later, LSE started. So I guess it was a great, you know, um, start of the program <laughs> getting me mentally prepared <laughs> like there's just so many parts of that story i could just pick out and just think that is wild but <laughs> the thing which is most jumping on my mind is that what so did you originally plan to go to the festival on your own or was it just spur at the moment you went to dusseldorf and then you met people there who told you about the festival is that right Oh, it's actually the firm, former one. So I just, I after I became hooked on techno, I just tried to find festivals. And then that was one of the available one, um, moments I can uh, attend to. I was about to cancel, but last minute I was like, oh, why not? Like I got the flights, I got the ticket. Let's do it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that best defines me. Like I just do things. Um, I, I have I, whatever motivates me I just do it so I guess that that's one of the things that really led me up to here yeah you don't let the any anxiety stop you from doing you know what you want to do I know yeah fabulous so we're now moving on to the third song can you tell me what it is and if there's any reasons why you've chosen it oh um I guess it would uh social distancing by Hone. they um I met these guys um, three years ago uh, on my birthday because every um, every for every birthday I always try to go to a artist performance um, event by myself and um, just enjoy that moment of just enjoy the music um, without talking to the person next to me. It was it's a very pure thing, <laughs> um, yeah. And this year they sent um, just released a song called Social Distancing and. Um, it starts off by saying stay the hell away from me because like you know everybody has to adhere to um these um social distancing measures and to me it was a very ironic song because all despite the fact that we all had to stay home and uh, comply to a completely new system that is taking over our lives right now uh, the new normal uh, i was still enabled to take part into our student community and this made me stay better connected. Uh, I had hundreds of Zoom chats with people um, all over the world. I connected with old friends, um, starting from my uh, life in Texas and Vietnam and in Korea. And we all checked up on each other. And there were also opportunities for me to reach out to people that I've never talked before, but like through virtually. So it was a good connection. And I think social distancing actually still made the social aspect possible so i thought it was a very interesting one as i said in the introduction you've grown up lived studied and worked all over the world could you give me a brief summary of your life up until now 
Okay, um, I'll make it really quick. <laughs> I've got so, other questions as well. <laughs> uh, so I went to Texas, uh, McAllen, Texas when I was seven, and I resided there for five years, and I learned a lot about Mexican culture because it was 30 minutes away from Mexico. Um, so I ate the authentic tacos, fajitas, enchiladas. So when I went back to Korea, everything was fake. <laughs> but it was also this moment where I could truly learn about diversity and um, uh, definitely pick up on English and uh, it was a very it was a very fun childhood I wish I could I would de definitely do it again and then I went to Vietnam for my middle school and high school years and I went to the United Nations International School of Hanoi there's two in, uh, United Nations International Schools in the world and I was very privileged to be there but unfortunately I wasn't um, I, was, I wasn't a great student. Um, I was going through this phase in adolescence and uh, I really didn't have any motivations, but that's the time when I met Pangi Moon and that was his first term as sec uh, UN Secretary General and he gave me this powerful um, insight for me to just contribute into the developing world. And from that moment on, I think I was so intrigued into becoming this person who can contribute to international society. And that's what also led me to continuously strive for experience because I think I learned the most from experience. So when I went to university in Seoul, I was just very, um, I was just ready to take on any opportunities that were popping up at the moment. So any um, flight, flights or uh, experiences abroad, um, I was definitely down for it. So that, I guess that's why it kind of sums up to why I was working in Myanmar or Uzbekistan. Um, I did some social service there and uh, do my internship abroad after graduation. Um, now is now I guess uh, I also want to uh, continue that experience before I go back home. Um, let's see how things go. But I'm definitely confident that I would probably be and the other side of the world, or maybe still be in Europe. Nobody knows, but it's too early to go home for me now. <laughs> so that's interesting. So despite, where would you call home? Would you call it Korea? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, or the actually, States? Yeah, um, that's, that's one of the things I'm still considering. It's very weird. I have a lot of love for my country, and I really feel very proud as a Korean. Um, I try to represent uh our country in many ways <laughs> but um i think i would define home as a place where you feel the most comfortable in so vietnam could be my home texas is my home for sure and um i always go to morocco uh, i always when i go to morocco i always go to saharan desert and it's a 13 hour ride away from marrakesh but i do it because that's also a home for me and i'm i guess it's Life is just like a quest on where you try to find these places and, and then eventually you end up in one where you can really say, that's my ultimate home. <laughs> yeah. And what about, is there anything which you didn't enjoy so much about living in lots of different places? Ooh, wow. Um, it's a very sensitive topic, but um, it's very difficult. To be honest, it's very difficult to travel or live as an Asian woman because the sexism and racism is an inevitable inevitable aspect out there. That's one of the things that I think um, 
like something that the society should work on. But um, in the beginning, I was very passive and I didn't know how to react to these kind of remarks. But nowadays, I'm much more active and I definitely call out the people who are just um, saying these racist remarks. I just, I don't know. I, I just feel, I just feel I have to um, inform them and raise awareness on how not to do these things in the future for the rest ne next person. So yeah, this is something that I wish I would not have to experience anymore. <laughs> now, can you tell me about the fourth song you're going to be taking with you? Sure. Um, uh, there's The Starry Nights by Peggy Boo, and yeah, uh, it basically sums up all the stories that I have told up to now. Meet the right people at the right time. Um, Peggy Goo has been a very inspirational figure in uh, house music, and I think um, in that kind of sense, anyone could be inspired to learn from her. Um, also, she was the connection for me to meet great people in LSE. So, yes, that's why I put this song. Fabulous. Um, so, as I mentioned in the introduction, you've traveled to 47 different countries during your life. Yes. What would you say is your favorite thing about traveling? Um, wow. Uh, when I travel, you can break down a lot of stereotypes that you had prior. Um, for instance, when I went to Israel, um, there was so much um, there was so much uh, coverage about conflict. And when I went to Jerusalem, I went I saw the city for myself, and I learned how much I need to learn more and be aware of what the real society is. Um, there's so much uh, there's so much currency of cultures and religion and it's very peaceful um what i saw was very peaceful and uh it was a very important experience for me to be very aware of the international community and kind of contend a objective mindset what about if you could retire to any country in the world where would it be okay. um i would be in the philippines um wow uh -huh. Um, how comes they the the Philippine community they uh, people like the people I have met up to now are probably the sweetest people in the world like um they're so welcoming um, they have so much curiosity I remember uh, going to this very um, rural town uh, three hours away from Metro Manila the capital and I was supposed to do my uh, water uh, rainwater harvesting project there uh, with the Asian Development Bank and um, I was greeted by 30 locals in the middle of the night and it was pouring rain but they were all looking through the windows and I felt very greeted um, and the host was a fisherman and he would always uh, go out um, at 3 a.m. and bring us fish so we won't starve and he would bring so many things on the table and I felt that kind of uh, welcoming sense from this community but also from uh, friends that were working there, they have a very powerful youth network. Um, they also have a very like, rapidly growing population. And I feel there will be a lot of fun things to do with youth engagement. But also, it's a country that needs to work on um, resilience from disasters. And they are in the front line of climate change. So I feel that it would be really 
um, I could do the best work for uh, apply my learnings and do the best work for the Philippines. They also have a really um, tropical climate and a very aloha mind. <laughs> people like um, when you go shopping like for food or whatever, like people, um, the cashiers are just dancing and you know, like not, I'm not trying to generalize, but that's that's the kind of vibe they have. It's very chill. Yeah, like I just love it so much. Yeah. Amazing. Um, no, I better move on to the fifth song. So now can you tell me the fifth song you're going to be taking with you? Uh, it's called Cheapest Light. Um, and I'm not really proud to say this, in fact, because um, as a student of, you know, environment and development, I know that um, writing planes is not the best source to mitigate your emissions. But um, I I did take like a hundred flights in 2017 because I did uh, a lot of um, business work like for Myanmar because I was part of this knowledge sharing program with the Korea Development Institute and um, I had to visit uh, Myanmar in between my schoolwork and um, we had to take multiple flights within the country as well and also um, I traveled uh, Southeast Asia so I went to the Philippines and to meet my dad and also to Thailand and Vietnam and um, and that also built up uh, when I went um, to Switzerland to do my semester abroad. So yes, a hundred flights in that year. But yes, if you listen to the song, it just makes you want to throw in like a backpack and just go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Got a hundred flights. It's a lot of flights. <laughs> I have to work on. Um, mitigating all those emissions that I have made myself. I know carbon offsetting is not an option. It's not the most ideal option. So yes, I will definitely contribute to uh, future mitigation and adaptation practices. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. So my next, my next set of questions are about um, your time at Ihua Women's University. So before coming to LSC, you did your bachelor's in international relations and double majored in international development cooperation at the Ihua Women's University in yes. Seoul, Republic of Korea. Um, yes. Can you tell me a bit more about your time at the Ihua Women's University? Oh, wow. Um, wow, it's one of the best moments of my life. Um, Ihua Women's, just a little uh, brief um, introduction of my university. It's the biggest women's institution in the world. And um, it started off from one uh, student uh, so that's why it's women's with uh, A and S, um, because you start off with one student, but every woman is entitled to her education. So it just grew into a big uh, institution afterwards. And um, I met a lot of powerful uh, female fellow students there. And I also learned a lot about feminism. I took a course on femi uh, feminism and jurisprudence. And... Um, it really shaped my views on how we can enrich equality. Uh, and that also kind of developed into how I really want to live in a society that can have a representation of all nationalities and ethnicities and genders. Um, and that can really solidify this sense of diversity. So that was a very important moment for me. And while we did a lot of 
work but also a lot of drinking and <laughs> so many countless parties and we were in a very student-friendly area in korea korea is a very uh party-friendly um, country koreans party hard like <laughs> that, that's the takeaway <laughs> but yeah um i i keep i i maintain a good connection with my professors and all the students there so um if i go back to korea i think i would i would first visit my school yeah after my family of course but yeah <laughs> Can you now tell me about the sixth song you'll be taking with you? Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so there is uh, Father Ocean um, by Ben Bohmer and Monolink. And this is just a song that kind of made me think about my family the most when I was studying during the pandemic uh, period. Um, um, yes, it's it's a very relieving song. Also, uh, a lot of support for family and friends um, who are struggling and facing hardships out there. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. So my next few ones are more the generic ones, but you never know what type of answers you'll get back. Do you have a bucket list? If so, <laughs> is there anything you're most keen to do? Um, okay, I... I have a travel bucket list. I have a list of countries that I want to visit in the future. And it's, uh, I can name five at the Go moment. On. What are the top five on the list? Okay, so um, one is Costa Rica. I have been so hooked because I was actually talking to someone from there and that person has uh, inspired me so much on how beautiful and how um, like environmentally friendly that space is. And I think as a student studying environment, um, it's definitely one of the places that I should go to learn how this country has become so sustainable and what's making that so successful. But also I want to go to the, to the Cook Islands. Um, my friend, uh, she took a semester off just to go to the Cook Islands and learn diving uh, for six months. And it's such a beautiful place um, in the middle of nowhere, so pristine, so untouched. And um, the next one is South Africa. Um, I want to see the penguins. <laughs> um, no, yeah, all about nature. And then Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan is, um, the Taiwanese people are so hospitable and um, they are also, they're also a very diverse, you know, a community, um, very open. And then also um, my last choice is Argentina. Um, I visited very briefly when I was uh, finishing off my travel in um, South America and I didn't go to this place called Mendoza where they have the best Melbic wine in the world. <laughs> um, that's, that was my summer plan actually to be in Mendoza for a month and just drink wine and maybe, you know, bike my way through the vineyards. That was what I was kind of imagining for this summer, but maybe next time. <laughs> well, it's not going anywhere. No. <laughs> So we're now moving on to your seventh song. Can you tell me what it is and if there's any reasons why? Oh, um, so I want to, I think Roar by the Adana Twins remix. This is a really fun song. Um, it has that techno vibe, but also I loved Adana Twins. I think they were supposed to come to London, but um, that was postponed. Um, this also leads to another thought that we have to support a lot of the local artists and the local businesses. Um, and I try to uh, donate and fund as much as possible. 
yes, um, this will be a very memorable song uh, about my moment in London and uh, having this great experience with my friends. So that's why I put it there. Um, I listen to it every day. <laughs> and then final one is, what's your favorite thing about being at the LSE? Wow, okay. Oh my God. Um, the London School of Economics, it's, it, it has a really great reputation. And when I look back at all the academic sources and uh, the courses from the, provided by the professors, the quality is amazing. And the seminars are just uh, made by the students and the participants there. And it's a forum for people to share their ideas and their insights, which is something that you will not really get from any other um, place. I mean, that's the purpose of education. So it really lives up to the, the reputation and the educational purpose. Uh, but most importantly, it's also the most, one of the most international institutions in the world. So I'm, and I wish that LSE would continually uh, be much more diverse, um, provide more diverse topics or diverse academia. And if that would take place, I think it would, it's definitely an institution that I would recommend to uh, people who are willing to be part of this community. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. And moving on to your final song, can you tell me what it is and any reasons why you've chosen it? Okay, it's uh, Leave a Trace um, Fortet Remix. Um, it's by the churches. Uh, they are and Fortet. And churches, I think they're a Scottish um, band, artists, group of artists. And I saw them in Korea. I just listened to one song and, I, and they were having a concert there. So I was like, oh my God, let's go see them with a friend that introduced me to that song. So that was also quite square at the moment. Um, I'm very hooked on very small things, but um, I listened to this song when it was International Pride Day. And one of the lyrics kind of tell you to be what you are and be who you are. So it, it went very well with, um, it, it went very well with that day, I would say. So I just put it in the list. Um, yeah, uh, as I told before, it's very um, important to represent your identity and also um, try to respect that of others. So that's like the takeaway message of the song, I would say. Fabulous. So we're now moving on to the final section. Okay. So as I think I told you, you're allowed to take with you uh, the Bible, the beverage report, and the book of your choice. What is the book you're going to be taking with you? Um, it's called Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. And actually, this is a book that I read like um, at Waterstones and LSE um, because I had like a 30-minute gap uh, between my course and my seminar. So I would always run there and try to spend my time and familiarize myself with books. And it, I didn't read it completely. And I thought that's why I should bring it to the island if I could, so I could finish it off and see the ending of it. But um, essentially it's, a, it's about a Korean immigrant um, society and a family that's uh, residing in the United States. And the protagonist is facing um, complications on identifying who she is. And I think I could very much relate to that. Um, 
during my childhood as well. So that's why I wanted to kind of look into it uh, a bit more. Fabulous. And lastly, but by no means the least, what would be the luxury item you take with you? Uh, so I, I, I said I would take a solar panel with batteries included. <laughs> yes, um, it's, it's a luxury item if you want to use it for a single unit, I guess, also as an off-grid option. <laughs> I'm not very familiar with the technical aspects of it, but I guess it will work somehow. Um, <laughs> yes, and um, yeah, we actually learned a lot about uh, off-grid um, solar panels during uh, this presentation I had for a course in the LSE. And um, now I'm, I want to immerse myself more to the technical side of envi environment. Um, it's not like techno managerial solutions are not everything, but I think it's also very essential and it will be very important if I combine it with uh, social aspects that are provided from the LSE. So I guess I would have a great deal of time trying to think about how it operates and how I can work it out and maybe potentially improve it more with uh, sources like hydrogen, which I'm also looking into right now. So yes, this is something I would take. More of a learning experience, I would say, mm -hmm. rather than a survival one. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, as long as the, one of the rules for the luxury is, as long as it's not um, to help you survive, then it's, <laughs> then it's allowed. Because then yeah. otherwise people will just take with them tents and beds and you know yeah. i mean i mean some people i recall like they were like i'm gonna take a photo of family or something like that like yeah, yeah it was very sentimental but exactly yeah so I mean, if, if you bring the solar panels just to keep yourself entertained and teach <laughs> yourself how to use them if that's gonna make you happy on the island then 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 it's yours yeah maybe i can feed the animals or i don't know so, yeah. i'm assuming it's a robin robinson crusoe experience <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, or otherwise, like island life is perfect for me. So, yeah. Fabulous. Well, Scarlett, thank you very much for telling <laughs> about your geography island jams. Will, thank you. Um, this it has been such an honor. Um, I wanted to participate in this so so bad, and yeah, I wish other people reach out as well. It's a fantastic thing that you're doing right now. Thank you so much.